Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Demetra Gray Show. I don't know how this is going to go, um, because I'm walking around, I'm on my phone, I don't have my microphone, obviously, since I'm walking around. There's cars going by, there's all sorts of things, and I guess if I was really, if I was really good, I would have checked to even hear the sound back before I started recording, but alas, we have already begun recording. I'm trying to walk away from the highway. I was like kind of walking up this highway and I was like, this is never going to work. So anyway, I'm in Myrtle Beach, (laughs) South Carolina. Jordan and I uh, came to South Carolina well, yeah, you're going to hear this. You're going to hear this tomorrow when I'm, well, if you listen to it the day it comes out. It's going to come out tomorrow. Um, and so I'm recording this the day before it's released. And um, Jordan and I just got to Myrtle Beach like less than a week ago. And we have been settling in to our new place, which I'll tell you all about. But Um, I decided to go for a walk because I need to, well, I just got a coffee, which you know that I put eight sugars in, (laughs) eight packets of sugar, which I just want to say, so some of you may have seen my Instagram stories about sugar. I'm going to talk more about sugar today, I think, and the metabolism. Um, but, uh, you might not realize this because I didn't realize this, but it's actually not that much sugar. Like, I feel like people act like everyone is so afraid of sugar. Like, we've been taught to be so afraid of sugar. I wonder if I'm going way too far away. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know where. I guess I'll just keep going. Maybe it will keep recording if I look at my map, do you think? Let's find out. Everyone, this is just going to be... This is going to be a very Demetra episode. Uh, Okay, I have to go further back. Uh, (laughs) Where I'm walking, so it's all over the place. And I apologize if it's not as nice to listen to. But this is just what, this is what has to happen today. Um, So, um, we got to Myrtle Beach. And settling in. Oh, sugar. I was saying, so, it's actually not that much sugar. So, I believe... So there's, I think there's three teaspoons and a tablespoon. I believe that there's maybe, is there even a teaspoon in a packet? I'd have to look it up exactly. But I believe, so like, did you know this? This is a fact. There's only, I forget, 12 or 13, 12 or 13 grams of carbs in a tablespoon of sugar. And a tablespoon of sugar looks like a lot of sugar. If you've been told to be afraid of sugar, you're like, whoa, that's so much sugar. But it's actually not um, when you compare it to things. So, um, ah, there's so many birds. You hear them? They're different, obviously, than the birds at home. So I like it because it's like bird chatter just like at home, but all different sounds. 
Um, okay, this is the road. So hopefully if I walk down this road, it'll be a quieter road. And then apparently I'm going to end up at a Walmart. So that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make my way. Oh, there's so many birds back here. This is the way better choice. I'm trying to make my way to the Walmart. I'm going to come back to the sugar. <laughs> trying to make my way to the Walmart because I need coconut milk. And I need coconut milk in a can. And I don't even know if they're going to have it at Walmart, but the Walmart is the closest um, thing that I can walk to from our house. And I've been trying to walk more. So I felt like I would walk and I would go for a nice walk and get my coffee. And maybe I'd record at the same time, which I am because I feel like talking. And uh, so because I went to the grocery store yesterday and I tried to get coconut milk there. But of course, they only had they had like four different kinds of cans of coconut milk and all of them were full of shit. And like this, I just really do not comprehend unless, I don't know, they must do it to like, you know how coconut milk, like real coconut milk in a can, like it will separate into kind of like watery stuff and then solid. And I guess they think people don't like that. So they put all this stuff in to make it stay mixed together. And I guess to preserve it, I don't know, but all these coconut milks, every single one, where they had at least like six ingredients and they were like, it was like coconut milk and then like potassium sorbate, whatever, and red dye this and this kind of gum and this other kind of gum. And it was just like, I don't I just want a can of coconut milk. <laughs> like, why? So uh, I didn't like that. So I'm just, I'm going to see if I can find other coconut milk elsewhere where it's just plain coconut milk. Um, because I'm making dinner for my sister, my sister's family, Jordan and I are going to go over there tonight and make for them this sweet potato curry soup that I've been loving. And I think that I might've mentioned it in a recent podcast because I might've been like about to make it and I did make it and it went very well. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. There's this old man. Maybe I should, I maybe, I don't know how far my voice travels. There's a man. Hello. Oh, I can't. I can't. Hold on. I have to. I'm going to wait. I'm going to come back to the man. So let me come back to the sugar because I already, uh, I already forgot about the sugar. So what I was just saying is that I put down like two tablespoons in a cup of coffee and it's not actually that much sugar. It's like 24 grams of sugar. And in my Instagram stories, which I like, I'm going to save them in a highlight. So if you haven't seen them, you can go see them. But I'm also going to talk more about all that today, I think. So uh, you can just listen and I'll tell you. But it's really like 24. It's good. And when you're drinking coffee, especially coffee revs up your metabolism and it needs fuel otherwise you will spike your stress hormones so it's good to have coffee with a lot of sugar so anyway I was just in this coffee shop and they had like some packets of sugar and I feel like most people put in a couple and I like took eight and dumped them in 
I also discovered that I don't really like coffee with just a little bit of sugar. I either like it black or with a lot of sugar. So anyway, okay, the man was sitting out in front of his house. So I'm on this like, so like there's the main sort of highway. It's not like a freeway, like, you know, just like a busy highway road, but it has a sidewalk and stuff and like you can cross it and whatever. So uh, that's like the main road and, or a main road and we're staying like near that. And then um, I walked on that at first and then when I was going to walk back, I thought maybe I'll go behind this road and walk on the road behind it. So I'm like on this road behind the main road and it's a lot more nature and nice. And these houses are like older and small, like they're shorter. And uh, as I was walking, like it's such an odd place to be sitting. But this man, there's just like a bench in front of his house, not on a porch, just like in the yard. And he was just sitting in it with his dog. And he was sitting there just, like, looking out. You know, like, people, like, sit on the porch and they, like, just porch sit. It was like that. But he wasn't on a porch. He was just in his yard and just peacefully looking. And it was cute. He had a mustache and sunglasses, a white mustache and white hair and sunglasses that were round. So that was the man I passed. Okay. Okay. We've we've covered all the tangents, I think. So um, (laughs) I wanted to talk more about the metabolism and sugar in my body and I've been learning about all these different things because I have all this information I don't know what to do with it I want to share it but I'm also not like a a health expert um so my caveat before I like talk about what I've been learning and noticing is that um This is just like, like, I hope that you don't take any of this as absolute truth. Like, I hope that you, uh, like, well, I think all these things are true and they're like what I'm learning. Uh, I hope that instead of just like taking something that I say and just like doing it, I mean, you could experiment with things and just see how they feel in your body, but I would, I hope that you would take the things that I'm, I share as an invitation to like learn more about a certain thing like if you're like oh this might be a thing that unlocks something for me to like go learn more about it and I'll give you some places where I've learned more uh maybe I'll link them in the show notes and um you can kind of like explore if if you feel like this is in alignment for you but um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been such a big journey with my body, but, <laughs> and honestly, I think, I feel like I'm just, I've been coming to the, coming to terms with the fact that I am a one, three in human design, which I have known for a long time. And you know, I've been talking about being an Enneagram seven, which I've known for even longer, for a long, long time. Um, but I've been, like, really trying to navigate this part of myself that's, like, first of all, wants to do everything. That's, like, the Enneagram 7. It's just, like, passionate about so many things. And it's good to focus. But I'm, like, 
I'm just, I'm still <laughs> playing around with that. And then there's the being the one thing in human design. So I'm, I mean, human design is so complex. If you don't know anything about human design, I'm not going to like spend too long on it, but I'm a projector and a one three in human design. And, uh, the one three is the investigator martyr, meaning that, uh, the one line is like very curious and investigative and, uh, is always like learning and trying to understand and explore. And then you have the three line, which is, uh, basically like bound to just try things, fall in their face, learn a lot, and then share that wisdom. And, uh, I think for a long time, I've been like trying to not be a three. Like, I'm just like, when am I gonna not be a three and just like learn and, and then stop falling on my face and like making mistakes? I mean, quote unquote mistakes, right? Like, I don't know if it's fair to, I don't love the word, but, um, I think too, cause like Jordan is a six, two and a six line in human design is like, uh, so the six, two is sort of like the mentor, uh, and, um, a six line is kind of like the evolved three. So like a six person who has a six is like a three until they're 30 and then they like move into the six. They're just like the wise sage. And I think I'm just like, I should get there, but it's like, I'm never going to get there. And I think, uh, for a long time I had been seeing that as less like, oh, like I, like I shouldn't do so many things. Like I shouldn't just like kind of dive headfirst into so many things and then learn it for myself. Cause the three has to learn for themselves the answer. And, uh, I just felt like I should not do that so much. Um, and one day I would like become more evolved past it. Like it was just like not a good way to be. And people have always been like, like I learned about human design when I was young. Uh, like, I don't know, like 20, maybe 21 or so. And, uh, since then everyone, people are like, but that's like a gift. And like, everyone gets to learn from your wisdom. And I'm like, yeah, but I'd love to have wisdom that doesn't involve me falling on my face. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, it's like, I, my friend was saying to me the other day, she was like, you know so much about so many things. And I'm like, yeah, because I've had so many different phases of my life and I've like, I dive into them and like thoroughly just immerse myself and like, fall on my face a lot of times and then I'm like oh like this is the answer I was searching for um but it's not necessarily like the most graceful path um but and the other thing about my human design is that I have an open g center they call it which is like sense of self meaning that uh, and my astrology is this way too, but it's like, I experience myself very differently in different places. So like different places around different people, like I 
different aspects of me get brought out. And I think we're all like this to an extent, but some people kind of have this like rooted sense of self, like they just are who they are. And then I just, it really throws me off because I feel like I want certain things when I'm in certain places and with certain people. And then I uh, change location and I'm just like, whoa, I don't know if that matters at all. And like, um, I think that's why I was so, like, I traveled so much when I was younger because it was like I got to just experience all these different parts of myself, um, which makes me very good at certain things and also makes it, uh, things, certain things very hard. Um, so, oh, wow, this coffee is amazing. Wow. Wow. So I love light roast. Um, and this place finally today, I think it was like a light medium roast. But they, this is one of the kind of coffee shops that like, they alternate like the different, like they have different fun brews and they like switch them out and it's not just like they're boring dark roast. Sorry. I know so many people love dark roast. I hate it. It's burnt. It tastes burnt. You can't taste the notes of the coffee. Um, and then people think like dark roast is stronger. It's stronger because it's like more burnt, <laughs> but light roast is actually has more caffeine and you can actually taste the notes of the coffee. So I don't know. Uh, I really am not a dark roast fan and I, I, anyway, moving on, but this is really good coffee. I was, I'm surprised because yesterday I got a medium roast from the same place and I didn't like it very much. Um, wow. It's like, the thing is, it said it was going to be like floral and fruity and it really is. But you can taste those things in light roast. Anyway, I'm a big light roast fan. Um, this old man is outside too. These are cute houses. Um, okay. So what was I saying? So being a one, three. So, okay. So I'm learning now. I'm, like, coming around to the fact that, like, like, when I had an astrology reading done last year, uh, the woman was, like, she was, like, you're actually, like, not going to know what you're doing work-wise until you're, like, 35. And I know that because I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart, and Capricorn tends to, like, it happens later in life stuff and um but I don't like it (laughs) but um she was like but you're meant to like go from thing to thing to thing forever and I don't know I just think I've been like orienting wrong like I think um I've been trying to to make myself something that I'm not like I'm like oh I'm supposed to sort of uh be like like, have one thing and just sort of, like, build that and be a leader of that. Um, and more so than that, but, like, seeing that as the ideal. Like, I was just, like, that's, like, the more mature, like, better way to be. But now reading, now understanding that it's actually not any better. It's just a very different way of being and that... Uh, this way of being, like me going, hello, 
Good morning. Me going from thing to thing to thing. Ah, that dog is so cute. He looks like a, uh, ah, what are those things that sniff the ground up? The anteaters. Anteaters with the long, long nose. That dog has a long nose like that. And this house, a lot of people here have like a big letter on their house, which I think is the first letter of their last name. And, but this house says Elvis. It says E and Elvis in big letters on the house. And I wonder if their last name is really Elvis. Um, so I've been, that was, this is like the, the struggle it's not really fair to call it a struggle, I guess, but like what I am currently navigating with my like year goals where at first it was like, I want to just focus all of my energy on just poetry and build, build like a platform for that. And now I'm like, oh, I don't actually know if I'm meant to have like one thing that I'm sort of a leader of as much as it's like, maybe I am like, maybe I, maybe I do want to just follow a bunch of different things. I kind of still want to make separate accounts though. Like everyone is like, just have it on one account, including Jordan and my friends and everybody on Instagram. So I have to kind of, but it's like, I want to share all this stuff about the metabolism and like my body, like I'm dealing with this autoimmune disorder and healing that. And uh, I want to share like information, but then I also want to share my poetry because I'm also writing another book of poetry. Um, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't feel like those things fit together in one place, even just in my head. I just feel like they should be in separate places. I don't know. So <laughs> that's where I am. But, uh, but so the thing I've been kind of coming, like being with is just maybe, um, And then I'm writing blog posts about other things. It's just like, yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I'm not actually supposed to like maybe and not even supposed to, but like maybe I don't actually want to build one thing. I mean, I clearly don't. I think. And I was just kind of like, maybe I am. That is just me, like exploring a lot of different things all the time and like sharing those. But then if it's all in one place, I'm not sure what to even call that. So anyway, <laughs> um, I appreciate, I appreciate the support. Um, so the one, three stuff, why was I saying that? Cause I was going to talk about metabolism right? I was saying how all these different things. Yeah. And I think just realizing that like, I'm never going to really be any different. Um, I think too, that's been something that's been coming up for uh, Jordan and me with getting pregnant. I mean, there's so much stuff with my body that like, I don't know. <sighs> we just keep pushing getting pregnant back it's just like maybe now is not like I don't think now is a good time um like I, I would just like to have more of a handle on the stuff that's going on in my body first but then 
I also think, uh, I think it's just this journey into becoming parents where I think, um, Jordan and I were talking about this the other day where I think there's almost like our generation, especially us, like there's just so many options and so many choices and so many different ways to live a life. And, um, I think it can be kind of paralyzing and for like, sometimes I'm like, everything should be figured out. Like everything work-wise, everything body-wise, like everything should be perfectly figured out before we have children. And then it's like, well, maybe having children is part of like figuring it all out, you know, like it just, and it's just like humans typically just had kids. They didn't like wait to do all these different things before they had kids. Um, and like the kids just kind of come along. So I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just, that's like the phase of life that we're in. And my sister, like, it's fun to be here with my sister, uh, and my nephews and, um, my older sister, I have an older half sister who might be listening because she sometimes listens and uh, she's going to come with my niece to visit here while we're here and it's like I'm really enjoying that right now too and I'm really grateful to have like my family members and friends like have kids before me because I feel like uh I'm just learning a lot of things like, okay, I think I, I would want to do things this way or like this is an option or I'm just getting to learn through them. And that has been uh, really, really nice for me too. So anyway, oh, okay. So now I've finally crossed behind where Jordan and I are staying. Oh my gosh. That means I'm only halfway to this Walmart. I thought that all these things were a lot closer together than they are. <laughs> like, I thought it said it was a 10-minute walk. I guess because I walked... I guess because I walked so far up. But it's way better. It's quieter. And it's pretty. I, I think Jordan and my ideal is to buy a second home in Myrtle Beach when we can do that, just so that we could, like, spend more time a year here with um with my family oh my gosh okay wait so here on the side of the road they have a one of those types of bookshelves you know where it's like um where it's like take a book leave a book and this is so funny wow holy crap If I take a book, do you think I have to leave a book? Takes books. Anyone may take a book. Share books. Okay, well, I'll return a book. I'm going to take this book. And maybe I'll just return this book back because I don't really want it. But, okay, this is amazing, you guys. This is so funny, I have to tell you. So, uh, 
Um, oh, wow. There's a Why Jesus book in here. I think I maybe I'll check that book out. The South is very religious. The other day I was listening to like our, our, um, our rental car was set. Like I, it's such a long story, but it, it's pointless. Basically I was like driving. I couldn't change the music. I got stuck with the music. Like it wouldn't connect to my phone. So I, this like Christian radio station was playing and, um, I had never listened to that before. And, uh, so I was like kind of forced to listen to it. And I just decided like, well, I've never heard it. I'll get, I'll give it a try. And I didn't hate it. I will say, oh, there's so many squirrels in these trees. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't hate it. So if you don't know, I'm not Christian, but I, uh, one of my friends had a great term that I really liked. She called it Christian curious, but I just feel, uh, I feel, I don't think that I will become Christian, but I'm interested in learning. Like I had been kind of anti-religion. Um, for a lot of my twenties and, uh, and then of course I was in cult, so I wasn't really, but, um, yeah, I just, um, have been like, I'm like, oh, I've never read the Bible. Maybe I'll read it just for fun. And like, I'm just, I'm, we have friends that are Christian and I'm like curious about, uh, their beliefs and the way that they see things. So anyway, anyway, getting back to this book that was in here. So I don't know if you got, so I've been thinking about this for a long time. And so it feels like this book has just appeared um, in my, so when I was a teenager, I read a lot of different books and I've been remembering because I write poetry and I feel like a lot of poetry is not like my poetry. Like, uh, like my books, if you read my books, there are some poems that are kind of like stand on their own poems. And this is why it's kind of. It feels tricky. I've been trying to put bits of things on Instagram, but like it's kind of hard because I feel that for me, a lot of poems like tell a story or they're like, it's like many pages of stuff that's like half writing and half poetry or like it's writing for a while and then it just turns into some poems and then it like goes back to writing. Like it's just my style is different than what I usually experience in books. And I've been thinking recently about, um, I was like, I remember reading these books about drugs when I was a teenager and they were all written more in like a poetry form, but they were one long story. And I couldn't remember what any of them were called and I didn't put any effort into finding them. Uh, but I remember reading them because I think that my sister had read them maybe or read one and I really liked it. And I remember my mom was like, not a fan, but, uh, she, um, like my mom, my mom was really good about letting me read whatever I wanted pretty much. Like she monitored like, she told me that because I learned to read so early. Like, I read a lot of fantasy books because they were more appropriate for my age. But she also, like, she didn't really restrict books from me. 
she did restrict like movies and things but uh books she was kind of like she just I think was happy that I read so much and I really appreciate that and uh anyway so I read all these books about drugs but they're written more in like a poetry format and so if you've never heard of them I think the first one was called Crank because that's what's on the back of this cover but then this woman her name is Ellen Hopkins and she wrote Burned and Impulse and this book is called Glass and they're just about I think uh it says they're about her daughter's journey with drugs which is kind of interesting because she writes it in the first person and so I wonder um I don't know anyway I haven't read it since that time but I just remembered that the book was written in like it's written differently it's like really thick because it's a story but it's told like the things look on the page more like poems and this book so I've been thinking for many weeks now I've been thinking like I wonder I can't remember what those books were called and so here is one in a random book library box on the side of the street which is so satisfying (laughs) um okay so the main thing I guess that this episode is not really about topic I guess it is like all over the place uh episode see these people have a cross in their yard and I there is something very peaceful about this to me I like the religiousness of the south that's why so it's yeah I would like Jordan and I ultimately I think would like to own another place here and then live in it for part of the year because it's much nicer to like come back to your own place but so then the question becomes like what do we what would we really need in a place? I wonder how much these places are. But we're it's close to the beach, so I don't know. It's hard to hard to know. We're not gonna buy a house yet. God knows we have enough on our plate with our other house. And that's the other thing, is like I love old homes so much, but I do not think that Jordan would want to buy another old home. And I would not either, realistically, in terms of, like, like all these homes, I'm sure, are older. I don't want to do that logically, but I probably would do it if it were just me, just because I am me, and I would just love the house and be like, I just have to have this one. This is what I mean about being a three. It's just sort of like, but, like, this is... Like, I just have to know. And everyone's like, well, don't get an old house because of all these reasons. And I'm like, no, I don't believe you. I have to find out for myself. And then I do. And then I know the answer. And (laughs) it's just, um, yeah. So uh, the main thing that I was going to say in this episode is that, um, I realized that I have not been eating enough carbs. These people have a bench. I would love to just sit on this bench in these people's yard, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's okay to do, if that is socially acceptable. Um, I realized that I've been not eating enough carbs. So basically, 
So basic rundown of metabolism is that your body can burn fat for fuel or it can burn carbs. And I believe that it can't, it can't really use protein for fuel. Like I think it can in certain ways, but it's, it's a lot more effort and it's harder and it's like not very efficient. So you're either burning fat or you're burning carbs. And, um, so, but, and let's also define metabolism because I think, uh, common language is that metabolism, oh, these people have a slack line. I love slack lines. There's no way I could do a slack line right now. Okay. Focus. Focus. Demetra. Okay. So, um, let's define metabolism because in common, in the common culture, people just think metabolism is like, like people talk about it as if like, oh, you must have a really fast metabolism if you're really skinny. And they think it's just like how quickly you burn through food, which is not really the case. Meaning, uh, metabolism is like, it's how, it is how much fuel you can create and like how efficiently you are like, uh, creating and using fuel, essentially. But metabolism impacts every single part of your body. It's not just like, because you can also be really skinny, by the way, and have a really slow metabolism. So it doesn't, it doesn't connect in that way, um, necessarily. And, uh, this man is cutting his trees. So sorry about that noise. Those trees look dead, but I guess they're not dead if he's trimming them. Um, so the metabolism, like, it's basically, if you think about, most people are not creating nearly enough fuel, usable energy from the food that they eat. And that can be impacted by so many things. So your metabolism can be slowed down by like many different things. And PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids, are one of the things that slows down metabolism. Uh, but not because it, in, it interferes with the mitochondrial respiration, which is like the rate of how much, uh, how the, en- the cell is making energy. So um, to kind of summarize, the metabolism is the... And there are two theories on this. There's like the, uh, the Western medicine sort of accepted theory. And then there's this bioenergetic theory of nutrition and of, of, uh, metabolism, which is just that like, um, most of Western medicine holds this theory called the, I think it's called the rate of living theory, where it's basically like, you only get so many heartbeats in your life. And so the slower everything is working, the longer you will live. But it's provably false. And uh, even a lot of doctors don't totally believe that, but they don't really have an alternative. And uh, this theory comes from, I believe it comes from the work of Dr. Ray Pete, but also uh, Dr. Broda Barnes. And then 
there's others. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Al, Albert St. Georgie, something like that. He did a lot of work on mitochondrial respiration. So, and actually he was talked about in, uh, this breath book that I just read. Um, so breath, the book is Breath by James Nestor. And so he talks about it in like a different context and about, um, your breath and how breath impacts your body that way and how it impacts mitochondrial respiration. Anyway, um, so you have your metabolism, which is the core. So the theory is like the stronger metabolism you have, the more fuel your body is creating and using efficiently, the healthier you will be because every disease at its core is rooted in not enough fuel and like the body just not being able to heal and do the things it needs to do because it doesn't have enough energy for whatever reason. And this could be lack of nutrients, lack of minerals, lack of sunlight, um, stress, trauma, uh, too much polyunsaturated fatty acids, meaning your tissues are saturated with the wrong kinds of fats. Like so many things, big list of things. And then it starts to throw everything off. And uh, the thyroid then won't have enough energy. And so the thyroid the thyroid helps make our hormones. So then the hormones get thrown off and it's just like this whole mess of everything. So that's like where I'm coming from when I'm talking about the metabolism is coming from this perspective, which I believe to be more true. It makes more sense to me. Um, and especially with autoimmune stuff, I just don't buy this idea that the medical world seems to have largely, which is just like, oh, your body's just attacking you for no reason. And um, it's just like malfunctioning. <laughs> and uh, I just don't buy it. Like, I think that there's, I think there's a combination of things happening, but I think part of it is that my body doesn't have enough fuel and so so I've been like learning these online so there's this work that that was originally called bioenergetic nutrition bioenergetic theory and that was it Ray Pete like spread it a lot but it also like his stuff is based on other people's stuff like the other people I mentioned and then more so um there's all these like independent health researchers who also further that, meaning that they like it's still very based in science, uh, but they're taking different studies and looking at them and considering them differently than the way that the like mainstream medical world is thinking about things. So, um, In that, so I was saying you can burn fat or you can burn carbs for fuel. And our bodies prefer to burn carbs, meaning that when they burn fat for fuel because they don't have enough carbs, your body will do that. And it'll. It, we have this process available called gluconeogenesis. And we're always doing some form of gluconeogenesis because there are certain parts of our bodies that prefer fat. And I believe like the heart is one of them. So fat is really important. We need fat. But um, if we 
have too much fat and not enough carbs, then our body will be mainly burning fat for fuel and it's stressful to the body. So in order to do that, the body needs to secrete stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol. And uh, our bodies can only run on stress for so long. Like it, it then um, burns out the system. So the optimal way and the most efficient and then also you're not making as much fuel with fat so like you're not making as many chem uh, molecules of atp in your cells so um ideally you can use both carbs and fat but you're like providing your body with enough carbs enough fuel to do all the things it needs to do um and if you have too much protein and too much fat it gets in the way of this with carbs and I didn't realize this either and I think because I did keto I did keto back in early 2020 which I wish I never ever ever did sorry my I just moved my phone I just moved my phone away so it probably it might have the sound might have been weird oh I think I maybe maybe that is the Walmart over there how about that I should just stop here and finish the podcast before I walk any closer to the main road. Okay, I'm just going to sit here on the side of the road, on the curb. Because I don't see anybody else with a bench that is in front of their house enough uh, that I won't look weird. I don't want to get hit by a car. Maybe I'll sit over here. Okay, um, I will sit here. I will sit in one spot, and I will finish finish the podcast finish talking about metabolism but I have to sit down oh no I just spilled all my coffee where I was gonna sit this is what it's like to be me out in the world okay coffee is down my knee can only sit in certain positions okay I'm sitting I walked so much yesterday I think I had over 14,000 steps yesterday which for some people may not be very much but for me especially like when my knee got hurt my step count plummeted so from June to like December I was maybe getting like a thousand or two steps a day like it just really plummeted because I couldn't walk and then uh since my knee has been healing it's been getting better slowly and then like in January I started to be able to walk more so maybe it was like three or four thousand and then now this month it's over it's probably about six thousand uh but yesterday was a big day that's the other thing that's fun is like my knees healed enough that we were in the Atlanta airport and I voluntarily we had a long layover and we had to get to a terminal that was far away and I was like let's walk through the whole airport instead of taking the underground train we walked so far and it was fun to be able to choose to do that because I haven't been able to walk in so long. Okay, back to the metabolism. So uh, if you're burning, so uh, you can burn fat for fuel, but it's stressful and you're not going to be like, you can't burn nearly as much and it's just going to, it has a lot of negative downstream effects. Like your thyroid gets like 
uh, I don't know the word, your thyroid um, gets really stressed, basically. And then your hormones can get thrown off. Your blood sugar gets really thrown off. And a lot of people who go keto, and you don't even have to be keto, you can be just low carb, uh, end up with blood sugar dysregulation issues. And then they think it's the sugar. And like mainstream medicine is like, oh, eat less sugar because carbs cause your blood sugar to spike. But if you can tolerate carbs correctly, and carbs meaning sugar, like plain sugar, fruit juice, fruit, uh, pasta, rice, potatoes, like all these things that are carbs. Uh, if you can tolerate them, if you're like health, if your metabolism is healthy and strong, then you can eat a lot of carbs without issue. So it's not the carbs that are, it's not the sugar that's causing the blood sugar dysregulation. It's the fact that like, I mean, a lot of different things can cause blood sugar dysregulation, like all the things that impact the metabolism that I mentioned earlier, but, uh, a large, part of why people end up with blood sugar issues is because they don't eat enough carbs. Um, and so I didn't know that when I, like I went keto in 2020 because I found this stupid article with one girl who said that she, and I had endometriosis at that time. I don't even think I have endometriosis anymore. I think I've healed it to be honest with you. Um, but I had it so bad and I was like, I had blood in my poop every single period which I don't seem to have anymore. And I had these awful periods that were like 10 days long, clotty, so heavy. I would be in bed for at least four days straight. Like it was so bad. I was in so much pain every month and I was losing so much blood and no one could help me. And um, that is actually one thing that I've come a really long way with. Like, I don't know if I would like... I think I could still be making more progesterone each month, but like in general, my periods are pretty painless and way lighter, way less clotty. Just like uh, this last month, it was so light that I was like, is something wrong? And I was like, I think this is just a normal period. And I just haven't had that in so many years of my life that I like, yeah, it was just crazy. So, um, Anyway, let's not go too much into endometriosis right now. So, uh, but because of that, I did keto. I found this, this thing where this girl had said she went keto and her, it helped her endometriosis. So I was like, maybe I should try that. We had Jordan had a friend who was super into it and he told me all about it. And I read these books about keto and I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I was like, but I don't want to lose any weight because I was already really thin and I cared about lifting and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to lose weight, so I'm going to track my food. And I never tracked my food. And at the time I thought, oh, 2,200 calories is so much food. And so I decided to um, – I decided to – track and I thought that if I could get like 2200 calories then I would not lose any weight and that that seemed like so much food I was like oh that's like a lot of food that's like way more than enough food uh (laughs) for context I think 2200 calories is like low and I'll go more into that in a second but um 
so at the time I did keto and I ate, I, the first day I ate like over 2200 calories and I felt phenomenal. And I was like, wow, keto is so amazing, but I didn't have all the information. And so this is like the thing. It's like, you just learn more and more. And I feel like I've just been learning more and more about food forever. And if you know my food journey stuff, like I, I had that whole experience where I like, so this was after the keto, but so basically like I was really orthorexic in my late teens. I like tried all these different things. I was afraid of food. And honestly, I don't even know if I like the word orthorexic anymore because I don't, I think that it's, I think I was too anxious. Like I was overboard uh, in ways that I was like, I wasn't eating anything. I was like afraid of everything, but I do think that there's a realistic, I think there's uh I think the the panic and the anxiety comes in from a lack of thorough education, which we definitely don't get about food. And I think some of it's realistic. Like I was naming all these things, like a lot of these ingredients we have put in our food are harmful to our bodies. And so to try to pretend like they're not, like I, I tried that. <laughs> I tell you, I'll tell you, it didn't work at all. Uh, it was very harmful for me to try to just like eat everything that existed in the grocery store and just be like, all of it is good. Uh, it's not. Um, and especially when you have a body that is like sensitive to things and really shows you when things are off, like it's, it's not good. Uh, so I didn't know that at the time, but so I did keto and I think I fucked my blood sugar. It was probably already a mess. And then I like made it more of a mess and I didn't eat any carbs. Like when I was doing keto, I was eating like 20 grams of carbs a day, which is insane. I couldn't eat a banana cause I was like, Oh, that's so many carbs. And, uh, just surviving. And I, and then I felt shitty by the way, like after the first day, but then I was, because I felt so good the first day, again, didn't have all the information. I was like, there's something here. Like I'm, it's, it's good. And it's like, no, it's not good. You just don't understand the full picture. So, uh, I, and then I was low carb. Like I, I stopped doing keto, but I was still really low carb and I was certainly burning mostly fat for fuel. So, um, so then, uh, then my whole story was just, uh, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I, uh, I, in early 2021, then I was like, oh, I found this like pro metabolic world on the internet. And I was like, Oh, I'm not eating nearly enough. And I've cut out all these foods and become afraid of them, like ice cream and sugar and fruit juice and dairy, all this stuff. And actually my body really needs them. And that's why I'm having such a hard time with my health. And unfortunately (laughs) I didn't stay, like, I didn't learn enough about that. I didn't, understand it enough and I was really hungry when I started eating more all the time I was hungry and I didn't understand I didn't really understand blood sugar I didn't understand um what to do I was just so hungry and so stressed and then of course I was also in a cult so there's like all these additional factors and uh I thought I had an eating disorder And then I hired all these eating disorder people and they were like, you just have to go all in and eat all the things. And I was like, okay. So I went to the grocery store. I just started eating everything you could imagine. 
and not worrying about ingredients and balancing meals and things. And then uh, I gained a lot of weight. And I think the reason I was so hungry had a lot to do with blood sugar and just the my hormones. And I didn't understand. Like, I didn't know what to do about that. Whereas now, uh, if I were to do that all over again, I would understand the importance of increasing food slowly and like understanding that my body couldn't tolerate carbs like it didn't know what to do with carbs and I think that's why I was so swollen Uh, I had such bad edema when I started eating more and that has to do with insulin so it's just like I I didn't no one was no one I found was able to help me and they kind of just kept putting me down the wrong path. And I, the people that I had found, I didn't know how, like who to trust. Uh, and I didn't understand it. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like this is what I was saying in that other episode I did about autoimmune stuff is like, this sucks. It like this fact really, really sucks. But in this day and age, like I really kind of believe that if you want to heal anything serious, uh, you have to learn it yourself. Like there's no other way. I've taken different courses and different things with different people to learn more. And I think that if someone, like if someone just has endometriosis or they just have like their periods are kind of off or they have these like more mild symptoms, I think you can just like learn basic things from someone and heal pretty easily. Maybe do some labs and like, you know, run testing and get better. But to have an autoimmune disorder I just think like I do think it's possible to heal I'll let you know (laughs) but I am on that path Uh, I know that there are many other people who have healed it Uh, but I don't think it's possible like the thing that I see in common with all people who have put their autoimmune disease or different like severe things into remission or like reverse them is that um they've all just sort of decided they would figure it out themselves. Like you kind of have to put together the complex picture of your own body. And uh, that that's comprised of not just nutrition, but like environment and trauma and uh, nervous system and uh, movement and all these different things. So there's like a lot that goes into it. And I think that's why if you overly focus on one thing, then it's not really that helpful. So, um, but it's, I mean, it's an exhausting fact. Like it's, it's not ideal. (laughs) Like I often, I'm just like, I wish I could just, like someone could just tell me exactly what's happening. And it's like, people can point to things, but nobody knows my body. Like I know my body, no one lives as me every day. And so they actually can't really... They like no one can do it for you. And uh, but it is it's a lot of effort to do. And especially when you're already not feeling great. So uh, anyway, so you want to burn carbs. And so I realized essentially. So like when I started learning more about pro metabolic stuff, I took two different courses uh, and they were great, but I didn't they didn't go super deep into the science. I guess, I think because like maybe a lot of people don't really want to know all of the science, but I really need to understand all the science in order to like really buy in. Like I just, I want to know why. Um, And I feel like you can't really apply it to be honest, like for something more intense. I don't think you can apply it fully without 
uh, having a full understanding of like what's actually happening. Cause it's one thing, uh, for somebody to say like, oh, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. Like it's one thing for someone to be like, oh, you're like, you need to balance carbs with protein. But it's another thing to understand like, okay, exactly what is happening in the cell when I eat protein and what exactly is happening when I eat carbs and like in a healthy metabolism, what happens if you eat just carbs and uh, like on a cellular level, how is the or like maybe this is a better example, like uh, someone says like don't eat as many PUFAs, like which is on unpo- uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids. And it's like, okay, but like I don't have a full understanding of uh, what is a PUFA. Like what does that mean? And uh, it's a it's a longer chain fatty acid, which means it's more unstable in the body. And so uh, like what exactly does that do inside the cells and inside your body? Like that to me, these things provide more of a, a larger picture and – I think it's just essential. I'm kind of also doing that with nervous system stuff now too, where it's like, I think we have to understand the purposes behind why we're doing things. Otherwise, when we try to apply them, it's just like, we can't apply them correctly because we don't have the full context. So uh, I had been eating more carbs, but I was also still a little afraid of carbs. Like someone had suggested to not eat more than 40 grams of carbs at a meal. And I just kind of took that on and I was like, okay, I don't think I should ever do that. And then, um, like, or like not more than 60 or your blood sugar will spike or, um, there were just all these sort of things like suggested or people just being like, uh, they would say like, don't eat too much protein or fat without thoroughly explaining the science behind like what happens when you're eating more fat. Um, and then of course there's differing beliefs. Like, uh, I read this book, real food for pregnancy and she's super focused on like low carb. So I was like, okay, maybe like, like I just shouldn't have too many carbs. And I really wanted fat all the time, which is a huge sign that your body is just not getting enough fuel. And I just, I think, I don't know, because of keto, maybe just because I like it, like I, what I wanted at a meal became, like, I just wanted like lots of meat and fat, like lots of protein, lots of fatty meat, a lot of fat. And like, I didn't really want that many carbs. And I also don't think I had, I didn't feel like full permission to actually like drink big glasses of juice and like have a lot of sugar and just different stuff. Like I just felt a little afraid of it still because I think the fear happens when we don't fully understand what's happening in our bodies. Uh, so I think it's a promising realization for me because, uh, the past, uh, like the past almost two years, I've been trying to eat more intentionally pro metabolically, especially since and pro-metabolic I mean it's basic pro-metabolic is basically the term people on social media use to describe the work of Ray Pete which is like this bioenergetic stuff um 
But the problem with social media is that it kind of ends up in these bite-sized pieces and it doesn't give full context. And so you don't understand the full picture. So um, I was trying to eat more like that. And then I really did it when I, I got labs done and stuff in in the fall of 2022. And I started doing like supplements and I did all these labs and I saw how my body was so depleted, even though like I had eaten so much food and gained so much weight, I was so depleted in minerals and nutrients and things. And so I uh, did all this testing and did stuff that really helped. And then I've been uh, trying to to kind of implement these things but until last until a few months ago I was still like I had been tracking my food to make sure I was getting enough minerals and and nutrients but I was still eating in this sort of macro split of like 40% carbs like I was maybe eating like 180 grams of carbs if I hit 200 it was like a lot for the day and I didn't even understand how like I could eat more if I wanted to and uh, I was eating a lot of protein like 200 grams of protein sometimes and a lot of grams of fat like some days I would cross like 110 120 grams of fat like I just wanted so much fat uh and what's been interesting so in the fall, I, I, uh, a course that I took that I really recommend is, uh, they're called the strong sisters on, on Instagram. That's their Instagram handle, but it's Sarah and Ashley Armstrong. And what I really like about their stuff is that they go, they teach you the science. So it's not like food fear based. It's just very like, this is scientifically what's going on. And, uh, I found that to be really, really useful. Um, and, so, but they basically like, they did all this process themselves and they just like put a course together full of the information from different studies and from the work of the, the people I've mentioned earlier. So, um, so I started to understand and they ate way more carbs. And so it just kind of put it in different contexts and uh, like Ashley told me that she 200 carbs, grams of carbs just at breakfast the other day <laughs> and she's really active so she she can like handle a lot but um, it just kind of like opened up my mind she told me to do in November I think it was the end of November she was like she was like you're still like, you're running on stress hormones because you're running on fat and like try like let's just try an experiment a temporary experiment where you eat uh way more carbs, like 350 grams of carbs or more, like 45 grams of fat-ish and like low, like moderate protein, like 125 grams of protein and like a lot of that from collagen because it balances the amino acids. So that's like a whole other different topic Uh, because that's another thing I was doing is like if you get too much of your protein from meat, then it's too high in phosphorus and you're not like balancing the phosphorus and calcium ratio. And then I think also the amino acids are just, I don't know, there's something that happens with the amino acids where they aren't in the proper balance because we're supposed to be getting a lot more collagen to balance out the meat, the amino acids in the meat. So uh, I was eating a lot of meat and like not a lot of protein from other sources besides meat. So uh, 
I started eating a lot more carbs and it was so hard at first because I was like, oh my God, can I really do this? Can I really have like fruit and juice and like all this stuff at breakfast and like apple juice with a marshmallow, which is just extra sugar. And uh, I was just afraid that I wasn't going to feel good. But then I started sleeping through the night and I was like, oh, and then I ovulated earlier, like a whole week earlier, which meant for like uh, I had been ovulating late. And so uh, I ovulated like at a healthy time and I was like, oh, um, things just started to shift and my sleep has been on and off. It just kind of like it was really great. And then we went to Mexico and everything got thrown off. And so since Mexico, I've been trying to kind of come back into balance. But I finally like I slept the night last night. So I'm just I'm kind of like things are it's like a whole process of of learning your body. Um, but last night, I think a partial reason like I seem to sleep really well when I have a glass of orange juice Something with some fat. Last night I had like potato chips that had, they were made with avocado oil. The other time I had a piece of cheese and like a giant spoonful of sugar. So like when I seem to sleep really well when I have orange juice and a giant tablespoon of sugar and a little bit of fat. Um, last night I did, I last night I had a glass of orange juice and a big spoonful of honeycomb and then some potato chips whereas the other night it was like orange juice and sugar and cheese those seem to work really well for me so everyone is different but like I okay sorry everyone my timer went off and it it made my recording stop immediately and my timer went off because I thought I was going to be home but I'm not home so I it doesn't (laughs) I don't even know why it didn't matter so anyway um so uh, I found that like for me, that is a, is a bedtime snack that is really helpful. And that's a big sign that like I'm, I'm typically running on stress still because that much, cause, uh, more carbs reduces cortisol. Um, so anyway, there's like a lot of more information I could say about temperature and pulse because you can check your temp- your metabolism, like how well your metabolism is doing by checking your temperature and pulse. Um, and you can look that up more. But like it basically if you like a, a strong, healthy metabolism wakes up over 97.8 uh, degrees Fahrenheit in the morning right upon waking and then rises to 98.6 throughout the day. Our temperatures become lower as a population because probably we are more saturated with polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are uh, slowing down our metabolisms and the cause of a lot of disease. And uh, a healthy pulse is anywhere between 75 to 95 beats a minute. Um, because that is a sign that the body is producing a lot of energy. So when you eat a meal, you want your temperature and pulse to rise after that meal as a sign that like your body can do well with those foods. Um, so it's a whole thing. And then there's other nuance to it. Like if you're running on stress, eating a meal might actually lower your temperature because your temperature was artificially high because of stress hormones. Um, and so it might actually bring you down. So there's a lot to like learn there and you can look that up more. Um, but, uh, so that's kind of like what I'm trying to do. And so the interesting thing 
has been that when I started to eat more carbs, and I hate eating this low fat, I will say, um, I'm so excited. It's not forever. It wouldn't be a good idea to eat this low fat forever. Uh, but it's just until we should be able to tell by my blood labs when my, uh, when my body is using carbs more efficiently and just like producing energy better, my thyroid hormone, my TSH will drop lower. Uh, my other, there's like a bunch of thyroid markers that can help you tell what's going on. And so those markers should improve. And then we'll know that like it's working well. And then at that point I can increase my fat, but I think I'll probably still increase carbs. So the idea with your metabolism ultimately is that you want to be eating. It's kind of like the aim to be, to be able to eat as much as you can, like as many calories as possible without gaining weight, because the more calories you eat, the more nutrients you're getting of every sort. So, uh, it's kind of the ideal to like, to eat more and more food. And what's been really interesting is, uh, people have been sharing like, uh, meal plans and different things from like the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. And people used to eat like a meal plan for people. Someone had shared a, a document that was saying how our ancestors basically ate like it was, I think it was it, the Irish, um, eat anywhere between like nine I think it was something like nine pounds of potatoes a day it per person and they were eating anywhere between 7,000 and 14,000 calories a day and that is nuts like that's so far away from what people think is normal and are able to handle today and even back in like uh Sarah and Ashley shared the other day a, a meal plan from the early 1900s even and it was like oh my god it sounded so good and Jordan and I both read it and we were like wow if this was like our on our menu for every day I think I would just be happy all the time because it's so much food and like at breakfast you have like a whole loaf of bread with jam like people would just eat a whole loaf of bread with jam and like you have sausage rolls and uh fruit juice and like all these different things and like it was just so normal to eat so much more and I think we've we've come so far away from that when it's like 2,000 calories is considered normal and it's like actually uh it's way better if you can eat way more uh, and your metabolism can handle that. Like the more you can eat kind of the better. And so, um, the more carbs you can eat, the better. And it's actually a lot more enjoyable. And so what's been interesting is like, as I, so what I'm trying to do now is like, I, I was eating around 2,200 calories a day once I stopped moving earlier in early and everyone will be different. And so the thing I would do if you're going to do something with this information is, uh, I would track, I know this is not fun, uh, but I would track your food for two weeks and get a baseline of what you're already doing. So like uh, you don't change anything, just start tracking what you eat a day. And the app chronometer is a really good one. Um, and you can see your, your current mineral chronometer tracks all minerals. You can see like your copper and uh, your iron and all these different things. And, uh, then you can understand like, okay, how many calories do I eat a day? How, what percentage of like fat and carbs and stuff do I eat? And then, uh, you can kind of go from there to be like, 
okay, can I like increase my calories? And if you're going to increase, you should do it slowly, like, you know, a hundred or 200 at a time. And then, uh, if you're going to change your macro balance, you can play around with doing that and see if something works better for you. And, um, so for me, like I've changed to more carbs and now what I want to do is try to increase because, uh, earlier last year I was eating more like 26, 2700 calories and I was still losing weight doing that because I was moving a lot more. But then when my knee got hurt, I just naturally started eating less because I was moving less and I was not as hungry. Uh, but now I'm like, okay, I need to, I think I, I want to increase calories as much as I can. So I'm trying to uh, go back up and, uh, I'm also just walking more. So I'm a lot hungrier and I'm trying to increase, like, I want to increase my carbs even more and just kind of be like, okay, let's have my body just make a lot of fuel and get a lot of fuel. Because the big thing is like, I've thought for the past couple of years, I've been, uh, working toward, and like some things have healed and gotten a lot better, like my period and stuff. But, um, it's like, well, why do I have this autoimmune disorder? And I think, and it's, it, I'm like, well, I, I do all these things with food. And it's like, actually, I wasn't doing them. I wasn't really doing them because it wasn't, my body wasn't getting enough fuel still. So it's only really been getting enough fuel for the past, like, almost three months. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it is, it is a fascinating process, the whole thing. So I want to try to um, keep doing this and then just increase calories overall, bring up my fat more when I am sure that I'm mostly burning carbs. Um, but it's been interesting because the, the conditioning around sugar is so strong. Like that other night, uh, I've never done something like that where I had orange juice with sh- just sugar. Like who eats sugar in orange juice? Like it was just like, <laughs> uh, and actually what I did, I didn't mix it in because I didn't know how it would be. Although I guess it would have been really good probably. I just like put the whole spoonful in my mouth. Like I just ate it and then I chased it with orange juice. <laughs> Uh, but I did that cause I was just like, I don't know. I was reading, I had been reading more about sugar and I was like, oh, sugar is not the issue. And I started to really understand sugar and how it functions in the body. And then I had such a great night of sleep and I was like, oh, okay, this is telling me something. Um, so anyway, there's so many different aspects to all of it and to health, but, um, that's kind of like what I'm exploring now. And I think these things about the metabolism of the body are so important because like as a society, we're just massively under eating. Like it's crazy. Um, and we're afraid of so many foods and a lot of our food is just fucked in America. Like the food systems or like all the things they grow, pesticides and stuff they grow our food with. And then, uh, things they add to food, like those things mess up different systems in the body and, uh, it's hard, but it's a, it's also like, I think it's important to form an understanding of, which is sad because ideally we would just live in a world where like all of the food, like, I mean, it's more this way in Europe, right? Where like the food is just naturally higher quality. Like they're not adding shit to it. Um, and you can more freely, like, you can just eat bread and not want wonder if it was grown with glyphosate and that's going to cause you all sorts of issues and all this stuff. But, 
Um, and then ideally too, you don't have to track things forever. Like it's just a temporary thing that you do to get your body like, uh, back into balance. Um, but it's crazy. Like we, I think people try to, we glorify subsisting on less and less and less. And it's like, geez, what we do to our bodies when we eat less and less and less is crazy. And like, it's so ideal. And especially I think when you start tracking your minerals and stuff, you start to see like, oh, like it's actually pretty hard. You have to be pretty intentional to get a really good amount of minerals a day. And, um, like to get all of the amounts of things. And, uh, um, it becomes way easier, like, the more food you can eat, although, of course, like, certain, like, types of foods are important, too, because you can eat a lot of food, but not a lot of nutrients, but, um, yeah, the more you can eat, then the more nutrients you can get, and then when your body has, like, an abundance of things, it kind of has, like, an abundance of tools to use, and then everything can start functioning more efficiently, so, that's what I'm currently doing. Um, that's a lot of what I've been wanting to share about uh, metabolism and nutrition and all of that. So I'm going to now go to Walmart and get my coconut milk and leave you with that. But I really encourage like just seeking out more information if any of that felt like, like oh, this might be part of a, the puzzle for me. Um, it's just, it's a, it is really fascinating, actually. Okay, uh, hopefully next episode will be with Jordan again. Uh, we've been wanting to do a couple of them together, so uh, I think we'll be more settled in uh, and do the next one all together. So hope you enjoyed. Um, that's all for now, and I'll talk to you soon. 